brother. Hey, sister. Hey, tell me about uh, the guitar playing. We, we talked a while back about your guitar playing, and I've helped you out a little bit, but how's it going? Okay, out of the gate. Well, it's going all right, I'm going to say. Um, hmm. It Okay, a couple things. Number one, it's hard to gauge progress, really, because I can tell how far I've come, but I feel like the way I have to go is vast, and I don't, you know, I don't know how to gauge, I don't know how deep the pool is, you know? Oh, the pool is so deep. I mean, you can watch Tommy Emmanuel, and you can think, okay, now I have have about 30 more years of practicing eight hours a day to be as good as him. You know, that's exactly Uh, what Dad said. Dad said, well, you think you have a hard time, you know, with changing chords and strum patterns but look at this guy and i was like well that's just not helpful because that's right. yeah you know scuba diving and i'm i've just got my floaties on so yeah it's going all right i mean there's definitely been progress made i can definitely you know play some things but it just is hard truthfully not to get discouraged and i think we've talked about this a little bit is that that's why man learn an instrument when you're a kid because you're resilient and you don't know that you're bad and so i'm like you don't i know i know that i'm bad well uh to be honest the last time i heard you you were not bad especially for someone who had been playing guitar for like four days i'm impressed well thank you i think you were my fastest learning student well there was a bass player one time a bass is easy bass is (laughs) You know, any four-year-old can play bass. So, <laughs> is that uh, true? Yeah. You could. Can you teach Nora how to play bass? Yes. On Although a- I'd have to buy a bass her size, but yes, easily. Truly, I would love to see it. I mean, bass guitars. I don't understand how anyone can take themselves seriously as a bass player. I mean, eventually, there's hard stuff that you have to do that that I've learned to do, uh, and there's there's still. I actually was practicing the other day yesterday um watching a guy on youtube who i really want to learn to slap like him and i i can't do it it took me i practiced for a long time and could barely get the intro of what he was playing so i'm not there i'm not saying i'm there yet but for the stuff that people expect from a bass player normally it's it's ridiculous it, it's so easy. it feels like you've said to me like it's like you can't be a person who like brags about breathing because it's just so easy <laughs> i mean you just do it no 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 I mean, yeah, some of the bass stuff, playing bass without messing up is pretty much like breathing. I play playing, going to go into a church and saying, I'm going to play the bass part or being in a rock band saying, I'm playing the bass part. Yes, it is as easy as breathing. I mean, it's, it's, for some, like, you know, there are people who are tone deaf, deaf, I almost said tone deaf, which is extreme. There's tone deafness. There's lack of rhythm. I mean, you know, there people have some actual hindrances that they would have to overcome. Some people. Mm, I see not I don't tone deafness is not a problem with the bass maybe with a string bass or with an, a non-fretted instrument but uh, okay I can see rhythm I guess rhythm comes pretty naturally to me I, I've yet to met a, to meet a person who doesn't have natural rhythm I, ha, I have met people who can't hold their hand in a certain way when I'm teaching them how to play violin or bass or something mm-hmm. but rhythm I think if you if a person just explains rhythm a, a, any other person can understand the rhythm I think well I mean speaking of not being able to hold their hands in a certain way like me in in the c chord it's just it's just very hard it's very challenging so yeah i mean i i think it's going fine i wish i had a road map right like if i was trying to go to pennsylvania it'd be like well here you go you turn left there you drive 20 miles here you turn right well and this is like you didn't let me finish earlier oh yeah all i said was the the thing about tommy Emanuel, but i was going to finish it up with 
uh, you don't have to go like in, in your roadmap scenario here, Tommy Emmanuel is the southern tip of South America. Sure. And it's really, really hard to drive there from where we are right now. Um, but it's like I taught you to drive and you're like, OK, well, I don't know where I have to go. And the answer is, I don't know where you have to go either. You go wherever you want to go. <laughs> is there a certain way to learn or does it depend on the person? It depends on the I mean, is you know, like, is it like, well, OK, for everybody, this is kind of the way that makes the most sense to learn. Or is it like, well, you know, she knows music, so she could learn this way. He's brand new, so he could learn this way. Or is it just like, well, you know, this is kind of the way forward. Well, it's both of them. Spoken like the secretary of education. It's I think if you have a teacher that knows you well enough and knows music well enough, then they can make a system for you and they can they can train you in the way that you need to know to learn uh, but also there have been a lot of techniques uh hammered out for the majority of people so that you can like because i could i teach orchestra to uh 30 people all the time and I, and I have 30 people in the room playing four different instruments and they don't they don't know how to read music or play anything at all and i can't i can't meet each of them and say okay well you have experience doing this so i'm gonna like it's called differentiated instruct instruction and I do that to some extent, but there's no way I could do that with, with 30 or 40 different people in the room. So um, we have to just go with the one technique that we know works for the majority of people, the, the easiest, most dumbed down version. But for you, yeah, I know you well. I know what you need to do. Um, I know that you follow rules. And if I tell you, you should practice a lot every day that you're going to practice a lot every day. And you did. And now you can play the guitar. So it worked out really well. <laughs> wow. What a success story. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be telling this story. Uh, this is gonna be on my my next resume for I don't know if I'll have another resume for a job in a long time. I like the one I'm in, but uh, the next time I do on my resume is gonna say I taught Hillary Atkinson how to play guitar. Yes, that famous guitarist Hillary Atkinson. Yes, and then you can just link to my YouTube channel or or wherever <laughs> you know guitar players do things. I'll get hired very quickly. All right, so the roadmap we're looking at the roadmap where are you driving what are you going to do are you going to be a worship leader are you going to be in a, are you going to be play guitar in our country band or what's the plan you know gosh it's hard it's hard to know because i feel like i haven't been able to tell the experience or the skill level of guitar players because i haven't been able to play guitar right mm. i mean it's like you hear something and you're like okay that's i can tell they're good but i don't really know why and how and all that mm -hmm. and so here, here's kind of the level that I'm is the current goal that may change but basically people who like you're just sitting around and it's like oh I really love you know this song let's all sing it this has never happened I would actually leave a gathering like that but if it were to happen <laughs> this person would be able to pick up a guitar and be like okay let's go and then you know play it the only thing I can compare it to is so at the lake one time all my cousins and I were sitting around and we were singing Taylor Swift as you do and my cousin Blair was just kind of able to pick up most things and, and I was like first of all it speaks to me because it's Taylor Swift and second of all it's like well that was fun I would like to have the skill to be able to do that oh that's that <laughs> so takes... I guess I just I want to be a sing-along leader <laughs> <laughs> is that what they're called sing-along leaders yeah that you can I just, uh, I made that it takes up. an ear that takes an ear and some practice and you can have it down that's not doesn't take very long and I I know I have the ear Mm -hmm. just for years of being around music but also because my hands are so slow right now mm -hmm. a lot of times I'll like hear the next chord in my head and I'm like it's supposed to be huh, or whatever <laughs> and then so like we'll sing it and then I'll play it and it was very satisfying because I'm like yeah well I knew what it was I just couldn't get there yeah 
Yeah, you have the ear. You have the hours to practice. You're pretty much there. Well, I appreciate the encouragement because I, yeah, I feel like, you know, the more discouraged I get, the more it's like, oh, I don't, I'll just not practice today. Uh, I mean, that's what you should do if you don't want to be good at the guitar, but you set a goal for yourself. I don't see why you wouldn't just practice. Just do it. <laughs> you may send you a text every day that says practice. Well, I guess it, it's also just hard to know if the practice is helpful. Like sometimes it's like, well, I feel like am I just practicing incorrectly? Because, you know, that saying practice perfect. No, perfect practice makes perfect. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's confusing. And so it's like I don't want to be just practicing poorly and be practicing being bad. Yeah. You know, that's why you have to have a lesson teacher on Zoom watching you what and telling you exactly what you're doing. And then they know how to play guitar. Well, let's have an an in-depth zoom meeting this week so we can you can gauge where i am and tell me the rules for the you know following week okay uh well let's do that yeah that's, Great. that's, that's called a lesson but yes we can do that <laughs> oh, oh okay see how much i'm learning wow <laughs> all right what else i'm curious as to what bread is on this list <laughs> it's not a fully formed thought we we can leave that as a teaser and come back to it. I actually, something I want to talk about today is reading because we have kind of maybe entered into a reading competition for this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that. What, uh, how many books have you finished in the last week? Oh, well, I finished one this morning at 2 a.m. So oh. that I'll count that one. Wow. It's not... It's okay. So it's not because it was so good. I mean, it was fine. It's probably going to be three, three and a half stars. Mm -hmm. um, Wait, can you get half five. stars on Goodreads? No, but oh. in my book club, I can. Oh, okay. Um, so I, it wasn't because it was just like so great, but it was just, so I've been reading, they've been trying to pick books that you can get on Kindle mm -hmm. because, you know, the library's closed. It's a tragedy. Um, and so I've been reading on my Kindle app on my phone, which, number one, I hate. Number two, I think is affecting how I view books and appreciate them. Hmm. But number three, that percentage is like taunting me. And so I was at like 78%. I was like, oh my gosh, why no. would I stop? And, and then you're done because there's all this stuff at the end <laughs> of the books all the time. Pretty much, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I just kept powering through. So I finished that one. Let me see. I finished that one. In the last week, too. Okay. You, uh, I think you're beating me. I I'm, at, I'm at 18. I finished one Friday, and then I'm, I'm in the middle of a really, really long one. So I, I go back to that occasionally. It's really good. Um, but I finished one Friday, and then I uh, read a fourth of a book this afternoon. Well, this morning, this afternoon. So are you a switch back and forther? I actually haven't decided yet. Um... Normally, I... I mean, you're 34 years old. When are you going to decide? Uh, I I have not taken reading taken reading books seriously for more than a year. Like, I liked reading books when I was a kid, but it was because I don't have anything else to do, and I just sat down and read the book until I was finished. Like, I, I finished books in two days. Um, and nowadays, now that I'm reading books because I think they help me out and I think they have a lot of good information and because I want to know what's in them, uh, I don't really know. I have been switching back and forth between three books right now. One of which is for my master's program and the other and one is the fantasy novel that, that everyone tells me is so good and it's I'm reading the third one and it's the By the series. Hot Guy. By the Hot Guy. Uh, I looked up a picture by the way. 
uh, not hot. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then I'm reading uh, now. I'm reading the one for book club, and the book club books have been just on top of everything else because I don't. I never know when they're going to start the books and when, when I have to finish the book by, and they're usually shorter than the normal books I read. So I normally just gauge when the other two guys are are about finished with the book club book, and then I start it which is what I did with this one. Wow, how obnoxious of you. And it's it's actually good. You said you said you started it and didn't uh and didn't finish it. It's talking to strangers, talking with strangers. Oh, Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, it's really good. I like it. I I I knew that you would. I knew that it would be your type of book, but it just wasn't for me. Well, and I didn't even get far enough in. I can't even tell you why cuz I think it was last year, but it was just like, nah, I don't want this. You read Hitler and you're like, "Nah, never mind." Right. Who picked the book? You? Uh Kurt that's a good pick. I mean, maybe for you guys. It wasn't for me. Um, okay, something, though, that I'm thinking about when, when you're reading multiple books at once. I go back to, I I think it was the summer. I'll say it was the summer that you were really into audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And you found that it was affecting your concentration because mm-hmm. you felt like things were unfinished. Or, I mean, you can talk more about exactly what that sensation was like. But don't you experience that with books too that you're in the middle of multiples of like oh gosh there's just something that I need to be finishing but now there's three things um I don't know if that was why the audiobooks were affecting me um I I, I tell me if this is what you're, you're talking about I went through a period where I realized that listening to audiobooks uh was affecting me in a different way than listening to podcasts because podcasts are more for me at yes the, they're at the, finite um I know that wasn't the, that wasn't the situation well that wasn't the problem the podcasts are conversational and there's just two people talking, the kinds I listen to, two or three people talking about whatever. And and when I would enter, and when I when I was listening to audiobooks, they're not conversational; just one person reading. So when I would have conversations during that time, my mind would be in book mode, and I I don't know, my brain wasn't able to process uh, a conversation correctly. So for some reason, at that time, podcasts were better than audiobooks. Is, is that? I, but that's not what you're describing, and I'm not, I don't remember. Well, I guess that's. I thought it was different, though. I thought you, I knew that it was audiobooks that were the problem, but I thought it was just because you. It was the like this idea of something being left unfinished. I didn't know it was the multiple people in the conversation. No, for podcasts, I I don't finish. I mean, I do finish podcasts, but I don't care if a, if a podcast is finished. I I will stop in the middle of a sentence. And um, walk away for uh, three days or however long it is until I put my earbuds back in and start the podcast back up. So I don't, I don't care about it being a finish. That's fine. Uh, there was a, I did feel. I'm sure you probably felt this before. The guilt of not finishing a book. You start a book with good intentions, and you know you're you're excited about it, and you want to read it, and then you also want to you know tell everyone else you read it because you're pretentious, and you then don't finish it, and then. That was a joke about you being pretentious. Got it. And then, but but you don't finish it, and uh, you feel guilty about it, and you are always like, "I need to go back and finish this book," but I haven't. Yeah, I'm currently trying to decide who I'm going to be. When like, am I going to be a book finisher even though it's horrible, or am I going to mm. just stop it in the middle? That's a good question because, especially because we're counting books finished, aren't we? That's right. And in fact, I'll be completely honest. This week there was a book that I would have stopped. And I was like, well, I'm just going to push through, add to my count. I mean, there were things to be learned. Definitely. It was a good mm-hmm. book and I would have recommended it to myself a year ago, but I'm mm. not in the spot right now where I need it. And so it was like, well, you know, I'll just save it for a rainy day. I'll maybe take some notes and put the information in my brain and know that this is a book that I can come back to if I need it again. But I probably would have stopped it. 
That's really interesting. I, I got to think about that as, and how that affects me, my personality. Like, I, I feel like it's also a, I feel like it also affects your resolve. It, it shows what your resolve is. And I'm, I feel like I'm a person that can finish things. And so I will finish things. Uh, I think maybe it's a good thing to finish a book for that reason, at least. Mm-hmm. Though maybe it is a waste of time and that's a bad thing. Right. Because you could be reading, you know, another half of a book of a book that you like better. Hmm. I'll have to think about that. But I mean, also, you don't know if the book, the other half of the other book you read is going to be good anyway. And you could just be reading the first fourth of <laughs> uh, 10 books before you get to one that you like. That is true. I feel like sometimes I feel like that with like dinner. I'm like, I don't really I know what bring, I want. Yes, I was going to talk about food. Exactly. <laughs> like, should I eat? Yeah. You just finish the meal that you'd be put in front of you no matter how bad it is. Yeah. Yeah, so you're, or, or I'm like, I don't even, I can't even commit. So I'll just like, I'm going to eat a spoonful of peanut butter and then I'm going to eat, you know, these, whatever. Now I do this yeah. with podcasts sometimes. I'll listen to the first uh, five, five minutes of a podcast and say, nope, very often. <laughs> and sometimes is it's it, the audio is quality. It a po- even if it's a podcast that you're like consistent, like one that you subscribe to? Oh, I... Oh, no, 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 not an episode. Well, occasionally. No, usually I'll look at the subject and I'll say, that's not what I'm interested in and I'll just delete the episode. But no, like I was listening, I was looking the other day at a podcast that was about um, the music business and about teaching music. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. And they're talking about like deep stuff. Uh, like I wanted to talk about value. And I was like, yeah. So I, I download, I subscribe, as I usually do, I subscribe to the podcast immediately and downloaded the latest episode and listened to it. And about, it was, it was probably seven minutes into it. I deleted it. I said, I'm out of here because it was, they were talking about like everything as if it was so important. I was like, whoa, yeah. I, and, but it didn't have, have anything to do with the topic that they wanted to talk about. And it wasn't really very deep, important things. And it was, I don't know, not my kind of podcast. All right. So I guess I would say with books, finish them and with podcasts don't, I don't know why I would say that. It doesn't make any sense. I got to think about that more. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to think about why they'd be different. So on our notes, you say you like ideas, not books. Oh, yeah. So th- that's um, that's something I've been thinking about as I've been looking at ratings for books on Goodreads. I just joined Goodreads. I'm very excited about it. Um, as I've been looking at other people's ratings of books and thinking about my ratings for books, I realize I'm not generally rating the book. Um, if something is written very poorly, I will notice it. Uh and I some like there's a couple of books that had amazing ideas, but were written so poorly that I had to ding it down to like four stars. But for me, I'm really rating the ideas. What did I get from the book? What did the book change in me? Because I, I mean, I guess if I'm if I'm just reading for entertainment's purposes, uh, then I then I guess I'm looking for quality of the literature and the writing. But I, I'm generally uh, not. That's not the reason I'm reading. What about you? If there's a book with great ideas but it's written poorly. Do you, how much do you care about that? Very much. I was a book editor. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm a very critical reader. I'm a very critical person. I mean, it's not just limited to reading, mm-hmm. but I, cause to me, I'm like, I feel like your ideas can be great. Sure. But you have, it also really matters that you present them well. You present them clearly. You present them in a way that people can understand it matters very much to me. I think that's, I, I think I have just now in my head realized the reason I'm different from a lot of people in this. Uh, it's a, I don't know if it's a skill I have or what, 
that to be able to look past crappiness and see uh, and see the gym, uh, like it, it really helps in my orchestra teaching because, man, I don't know. I mean, I know you've heard beginning orchestras and that they can be really, really, really bad. Uh, but I can be in front of a, a room full of kids who've had a violin for an hour and I can tell them they're doing good, honestly, because I can hear the things that they are doing good. Uh, and I, it's the same, it's the same for a book. I can look in a book that's poorly written and say, and say this idea right here is life changing. And I write it down and talk about this book forever and recommend it to all my friends and they read it and they go, this is a bad book. <laughs> I don't know why you recommended this book. Which, but I, I mean, there's a, there's a difference. I think that is a lovely, lovely characteristic of yours and what makes you probably a very great and motivational and inspirational educator. But I, but that's different because that's like fluid and ongoing and it changes you know, day by day, but a book is published. Like it has an end date to where it's like you can work all the way up until this point and then it's got to be good. Like you, you have to be done. The ideas have to be wrapped up nicely and then it goes to print. I mean, it's like there's a goal line there. And so why wouldn't you hit the goal and, you know, do the best you can, make it the best product? Uh, I agree. Those those bad books with good ideas would be better if they were good books with good ideas. But I think it's really hard to get there. I, I think it's hard to write a good book. And I think it's hard to come up with good ideas. And usually the people that can do both uh, aren't the same person. Hmm. There's people that are able to make things look pretty. Uh, and there's people that are able to make things deeply and to make things with uh, purpose and substance. And yes, both, I think both you are important. I think you and I are a good combination of that. That you have... The ideas and the depth, and I have the polish and the improvement. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that. You, you, we each have some of the other two, but I think in general, because I'm like, I'm uh, not a person who you can... You definitely have depth. You may, you may compare yourself to me and think you don't, but that's one of the reasons I like having conversations with you, is because you think very deeply. Well, appreciated. That's interesting. But, but it's also the job of, like, you know, a person writing a book is not... A solo excursion that there are people along the way you have people read you know proofs you have editors you have all kinds of people along the way that if you let them will help make it better hmm. yeah I don't I don't even know about that you're the one you're the you're the <laughs> person with book history I did try to write a book one time I might again in the future same book different book um well okay I, the book I, you think you've read the first couple chapters of the book I tried to write right uh, yeah, and it's very relevant. Maybe too relevant now. It's about a. Mm -hmm. It's a. Maybe I should have just published what I had because it would be almost well. Uh, it's about a virus that starts in China and spreads to the rest of the world, and everyone dies from it. Most people die from it. So yeah, Nostradamus type stuff. Yeah, there, I know it's kind of creepy. Uh, so maybe now I think it'd be too cliche. I think everyone's writing books about viruses starting in China that kill everybody now. That's what they're doing with mm -hmm. their time at home. So. Uh, I probably won't you know, I heard something something interesting. It was about songwriting. Um, the show called Songland, I feel like you would like it because it's about the process of songwriting. These songwriters come on mm -hmm. and they pitch their songs to artists and then the artists assign them to work with producers anyway. Mm -hmm. But one of the guys on the show, one of the songwriters said, if you're making a song that sounds like something that's on the radio, you're too late. Mm -hmm. You know, like we've already moved on and there's newer types of music that you'll you know, you need to be creating and composing so that, you know, you're not that behind. And so I feel like, yeah, with the, with the books that people now start to write, it's like, well, feels like maybe you're behind. You should have beat 
you know, the actual global pandemic. Right. Like you, you should have done it. I should have. But I mean, also, I I think books are uh, almost a lottery type situation. I, I'll give you an example. Someone talked to me recently about wanting to be a singer and trying out for The Voice, which and I think she has a beautiful voice. And I think she would be a great singer. And, I, and disclaimer, I don't know about, I don't even know about The Voice at all. Uh, never seen it. But uh, to me, it seems like the voice is uh, like a lottery. There are people who get rich on uh, by winning the lottery, and the people who get rich by you know working hard every day and making good decisions. And I, I've, it seems to me like there's singers who uh, who get famous by being on the voice one time, but there's a lot more singers who become famous because they're working hard yeah. and they're doing all the things they're supposed to do, making good decisions, making connections, and things like that. Yeah, I, I think writing books is almost the same way. Like I, I bet there. I don't. I don't know this for sure. But I imagine there are lots of really, really great self-published books out there that people just never got, uh, that no one ever picked up and um, shared with the world. And because of that, we're never going to read them. We're never going to, it's not on a bestsellers list. It's not uh, on a, I don't know, how do they advertise books? It's not on book advertisements. (laughs) (laughs) I totally believe that, and that makes me very sad. Yeah, I think it makes me even more sad when I, well, this is very selfish. It makes me even more sad when I think of it for myself. Like when I do, if I ever do eventually write a book, what's going to happen to it? It's probably, not, probably nothing's going to happen to it. No one's going to read it because I'm a nobody at this point. Maybe uh, maybe mm-hmm. if this gets big, maybe if I if my compositions uh, make the big time, people will want to read books by me. Yeah, Maybe. That that seems to be the thing nowadays of like, yeah, you have to already have a name, already have a mm-hmm. following in order to get a book deal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But maybe similar to The Voice, that's just one way in, right? If you if you want to have a book, you want to have it published, there's plenty of ways to well, do that. Well, the other thing is I'm an idea guy. I could write a book with beautiful ideas, but would the actual content be beautiful? It would be a book that I like. Uh, but books that I like apparently aren't books that everyone else likes. Like how are people not giving Getting <laughs> Things Done five stars? Uh, on Goodreads every because, single day. Oh my gosh. It was horrible. Life changing. Okay, here's what it felt like it felt like somebody tied bricks to my feet and threw me in the lake. Oh, and they also put that book and taped it to my arms and they were like, enjoy the oh book. My gosh. It was so. It felt like, it heavy felt like someone had a squeegee and squeegeed open my eyes and took all the dirt uh, from my eyes and said, this is how you do things. This is how you can live and to- accomplish. <laughs> Very different experiences with the same book. Yeah. I drowned at the bottom of the lake, a dirty, old, gross <laughs> lake. Yeah, and that's why I mean that's why I like any book I do. And the fantasy books that people suggested to me, I was like, no. Uh, why would I like? I don't even like fantasy, especially because uh, the reason I like science fiction over fantasy, it's it's real life stuff. It's stuff that could actually happen. It has uh, good ideas. It's got like the, it makes me think about the self driving car thing we talked about last time. But uh, these fantasy books, they have great themes on leadership and morality and things that I care about and things that matter and deep subjects. And they're also well written. So that I, I don't know. I don't know if the deepness is. Uh, I don't know if deep, deepness is important to everybody else, but it is to me. We were in book club the other night, and we were talking about a book that we'd read, and this one of the characters in the book has this mantra for her whole life and I think it was uh, whatever happens love that and I was like well that's Mm. a lovely Mm -hmm. sentiment and then I was thinking 
about that. And I, I was like, yeah, I could totally be on board with that. And then I was like, do I have a life mantra? Do I need a life mantra? Well, I don't know. Huh. You know, I had one for a while. Have I told you? I don't know if I have. Um, years ago, I opened a Dove chocolate. <laughs> this is... A- <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my life mantra is open a Dove chocolate. And you know how Dove chocolates have the sayings on the inside, right? Of course and I it know. said, hey, why not? And I was like, yeah, yeah, hey, why not? And for you know, a while, that was my life mantra in college. You and Russell Westbrook. So that's, I don't know if you know, but that's Russell Westbrook's mantra. I mean, like he. Wait, that that exactly? Well, not hey. I like the hey. It makes it feel casual right. and like very conversational. But no, his is just why not? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, hey, I mean, not? and it's everywhere. And he his number is zero. He puts the zero as the O. Why not? Oh, I, I've never heard that at all. Well, and I, he very much plays like that. I mean, it's like he is so athletic and so fearless. He just like goes, drives to the rim. And it's just he's just saying with his whole being, why not? Why wouldn't I do this? Yeah, because I think oh, so many people think, oh, I, I can't do this. I shouldn't try this. I don't want it. I don't, I'm not sure. And they, and they they ask the question, why? Why would I do that? What's why? And for me, it was, hey, why not? I'm not sure if it is anymore. I think it's probably not that anymore. Well, so why did it change? Okay, I okay, I maybe I do live by that still. I do live by, hey, why not? But I have an answer for why not a lot more than I used to. And is that because it? I have to get things done. Um, somewhat. David Allen wouldn't approve. And David <laughs> Allen would not approve. Uh, I I listened to a podcast about the upside of quitting. And I listened to another podcast about saying no. And some of those things gave me a new perspective on why not. Because if you do too much, you can't get good. You know, you become a jack of all trade and a master of none. And I want to be a master mm-hmm. of some trade. So I have to say, uh, I have to say this is why not to some things. I uh, was in a band that I really liked recently. And I, I just thought, you know, I got to quit this band. And I had a reason for, hey, why not? Um, and so I did and I'm, I miss those guys and I miss the band, but it was a good decision for my life. Like good things have come from it. So I think that's reasonable. If you have an answer for actually why not, then it should not. But otherwise, why not? Yeah. Hey, why not? Okay, sure. That's my life mantra. And you don't have, you don't have one at all? Well, of course not. (laughs) Is it do, I don't know what's right. Don't you? No. You don't do what's right? I do. I'm I'm trying to think of, um, there's a book. I, I don't think I've read it. I'm trying to remember if I've read it, but I've, I've listened to a couple of podcasts by this author and something else. Oh, I did a Bible study on the version app that said, do the next right thing, which I think uh-huh. there's something about that that is appealing to I me. I think David Allen would say that's a good thing to do. <laughs> but no, that... That is such a different feeling. That's not a life mantra. That's just like self-restriction. Whereas why not? Hey, hey, why not? I'm sorry. Is just like so freeing and open. And same with whatever happens, love that. What I don't love about whatever happens, love that is that that just feels like life is happening to you. And I would like to have some element of I'm happening to life, you know? Right. Like last time, uh, don't wish it would happen or want to have it make it happen. Right. Um. So is your life mantra something you want to live by or something you do live by? Because you say you want it to be freeing, but do you live in a freeing way where you just uh, do whatever thing you think you should or think you want to? No, not general, but I I should. I want to. Should you? Somewhat. More, I think more so than I do. 
Uh, this is something that I've, I've been thinking about recently um, in terms of uh, live your best life. Have you heard people say live your best life? Of course I have. Not not Joel Osteen, but other people. Uh, they say, you know, yeah, he's he's living his best life. She's living her best life. And I think, uh, I think that often is not actually their best life. I think just doing what you want to is not living your best life. To me, those are diff- two different things. I don't know. When I hear that, to me, it says... I'm going to live my best life, which means I'm going to do the best that's right for me, which may not be the same thing that's right and best for you. I put the emphasis mm-hmm. on your. Yes. This sounds like you're a millennial. Aren't I? And aren't you? <laughs> uh, yes. But as you can imagine, I'm not like everybody else. That's um, what all millennials say. <laughs> that's right well for me let me tell you what the truth is for me for me when i say for me i really mean for everybody okay not for everybody and not in everything um but this is uh a, a, again it goes back to what i'm saying living your best life i think there i mean there is a universal truth we both agree with that right yeah um, and even outside of theologically which we both had the same theological views on that but even like uh, this is red, or uh, that person did something that was bad. Even if, even if my reasoning is not uh, a Christian reasoning, even if it's just a moral reasoning, that's bad, right? Mm-hmm. So, a lot of millennials find it very difficult to say that's bad. They will say that's that's that, bad not for me. Decision I would make, yeah, sure. that's bad for me. Sure. Uh, and so I I think someone can live their best life. Uh, but it actually not be like maybe for them it's they say it's their best life or for them we want to say it's their best life because then we don't seem so judgy. Uh, we're so afraid of being judgy, I think, mm-hmm. um, that we let people. I'm not saying we shouldn't forgive. I think we should we should let people do what they do, and we're not going to go towards them and beat them down and say I can't believe you're like this, and uh, especially if it's something that's not hurting someone else. But. Uh, I, I do think we should, in our speech, be honest about if they're actually living their best life. Because there are some people, okay, this is a conversation that me and uh, dad and Evan and Uncle Brett had one day at Ella's birthday party. This is what you talk about at seven-year-old birthday parties, right? Naturally. Um, we talked about uh, a person that watches TV, a, a hypothetical person that spends all their time watching TV. They go to a job, they work 40 hours a week. Uh, and they, they do it so that they can watch all the TV and they have their shows and that's all they do. And they don't spend any time with people and they don't spend any time uh, doing anything but watching TV. And is that someone's <laughs> sounds, best sounds life? Sounds like a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. I, uh, but that's no, my question. I, no, that's not someone's best life. No. Well, the, that, the millennials in the conversation did not all agree with you. I think it's hard for millennials to say that's not someone's best life there are going to be a lot of people that that are listening and going like that maybe there's someone out there that's their best life we don't know for them we can't we can't make the decision for them i mean i would say are there some people that that could maybe apply to sure maybe they're physically not capable of doing anything else or maybe they're in a really bad spot emotionally and and mentally but then i'm like your best life would be going to counseling or walking around the block if you can like yes getting out watching looking at the trash cans (laughs) breathing in some fresh air hey now (laughs) it's very therapeutic uh, so yeah, I mean, to me, I'm like, oh wow, that sounds great. I don't actually mean it though, because I'm like, I know that I have gifts and talents and a calling on my life and like things I gotta do and be. You sound like me now. I I'm not that I'm not 
to your level. Please know that. But I'm also, you know, I don't feel like anyone's best life is being a couch potato. I agree. I also think, though, I think, I don't know that people use that phrase seriously, right? Like, really? when I've heard it used, it's like, oh, I'm going to, like, order Chipotle five days in a row, living my best life. And it's like, there's kind of sar- an air of sarcasm to it. Like, I don't actually think that's my best life, but, like, I'm enjoying it type of thing. Hmm. I, I, I guess I could see that. I, I, it's, sarcasm is difficult for me. Uh, sarcasm, okay. Do you have anything else about your best life? Because I want to talk about sarcasm in a few minutes. No, let's go. Okay, sarcasm. I was thinking about sarcasm the other day, and is there a time that it's actually okay to use sarcasm? <sighs> yeah, I hate that question. Why? Because I'm personally guilty of sarcasm, somewhat, and I've had I've definitely had to ask that question. I think there are different types of sarcasm. Can we agree on that? No, absolutely not. Come on. Wait, is that is I that think... a different? That was sarcasm. Oh. Is that is that a kind of sarcasm? <laughs> okay. Wow, that was a trip. I was like, wait, what? No, I'm ready to defend myself. I guess if I have to. That I think there's sarcasm that is that has a victim. Okay, so yes. somebody asks a stupid question and right. you meet them with sarcasm. And that's just rude. And I try not to do that. I mean, that I, I mean. only do that to my daughters. Yes. <laughs> Who did they understand sarcasm? If you can't, as a 34 year old man, did they understand? No, but they're starting to. <laughs> Is that good or bad? Um, oh, that's a good question. I think that's good. I think they got to understand what it is. So when they hear it in other people, they're not, they, you don't want them to be gullible. I started lying to Ella recently. I told you about this, right? No. I started just, oh, really? I told her, like, I started telling her gullible was written on the ceiling. And, the, and then the first time she really got that. And now at dinner, sometimes I will do nothing but lie. And she, she'll just say, stop it. Oh, just stop. Because I realize, and it's funny, the book I'm reading right now, uh, this is kind of a theme throughout. Uh, but I realized that it took me a long time to realize that sometimes people lie. And I want Ella to know right now that sometimes people are going to say something that's not the truth and even though you're because she's a pretty honest kid even though you're honest doesn't mean everyone else is honest so don't just take what people say at face value that's a good lesson it's a it's very jaded but you know she's got to be no i mean people So you're making her into a human lie detector i mean i think that's one of many skills that she should have Mm -hmm. uh yeah so i think her learning what sarcasm is is a good thing and how to deal with it yeah, I but, mean, people do use it. So if she if she wants to know what it is and how to interact with it, it's good for her to know. Yeah. So, is there a kind of sarcasm that doesn't have a victim? Probably, but I'd need to think about it. Because <laughs> it seems like every time that, and this is what made me think of this question: every time someone is sarcastic, it's either saying that was a dumb question, or you should have seen this coming, or how could you not know this. I can't think of a time or yeah, I can't think of a time that sarcasm is not insulting somebody in some way. Well, and I think a book I read recently that kind of got it thinking it got the process started in my head too, was that she linked sarcasm to cynicism. Um, Mm. And so I think if it comes from a place of cynicism, then absolutely we need to like catch that, get a hold of that. Um, But yeah, is there a time where it doesn't come it comes from something other than cynicism maybe maybe if it's just trying to be funny i don't know yeah i don't know maybe i should stop being sarcastic to my kids now you're, you're trying to you're convincing me to be a better father 
<laughs> I can send you some notes, not on fatherhood, but on <laughs> sarcasm. I mean, I, I'm sure, well, you're not as sensitive as me, but maybe you don't remember this, but I remember when I was a kid, I always used to, uh, anytime someone was playing me in any way, I got very offended and very like how, uh, how dare they make fun of me? I'm only a child. I should know these things. Mm-hmm. Of course I didn't know that. So I, my daughter, Ella at least is a lot like me and she probably thinks that every time and I probably shouldn't be nicer. Okay. Well, yeah. Cause there, I mean, there are some stories from our childhood that I'm not going to bring up, but like where you were kind of the butt of the joke because you said something that you didn't and they still are hurtful to you, I think. Yeah, some people are okay being the butt of a joke. Uh, uh, probably most people, and I probably should get better at being okay with being the butt of a joke. But unless it's a joke I make, I, it's hard for me. Mm-hmm. Well, this is therapy now. It's uh, good. How much, it's how good. much are you charging? <laughs> it's free for now, but we'll see how you know how long maybe, this goes. Maybe I'll trade you, I'll trade you guitar pl- lessons for therapy. Okay. I don't know if I'd be great. I almost, I wanted to be a counselor for a hot minute, and then I stopped that. I think you should start that again. Yeah, it was. It came between journalism and psychology, and I went journalism. Well, I mean, our mother had eight different careers. <laughs> True. Wouldn't that be interesting if I was a counselor instead of well, whatever I am? I'm not a journalist, but you know. I think that's. Uh, it's not even a hard right. Like you could you could veer into counseling. It's, I, it's... <laughs> Do you think I would have ended up here? Isn't that weird to think about? It's like okay, so a lot of times in life. Thank goodness for Mario Kart because it has given me like, <laughs> what? like yeah, no, uh, you'll see. It has given me like some language to put to this of like on Mario okay. Kart when you would do time trials. And uh-huh. so you would like race the ghost who had been in first place or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Mom's going to get all uh-huh. wigged out because I said ghost. But like <laughs> you can basically see. And so if you you went on shortcut A and they stayed on the path and then they went on shortcut B and you stayed on the path of like where you ended up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. I really want a time trial a lot in life. One for like if I'm going the fastest route, which we can talk about how that's. Yeah, I need to slow down Um, or but also just like in life, I would love to see my time trial for life of like the Mario that went the other way. And where would they end up? Yeah, if only it's like it's A-B testing. Yes. Yes. Um, I I agree with that. And I've had that that thought many, many times, Uh, especially when I was a kid. uh, I thought like I, I would give anything and I probably if I had the choice to give anything, I probably should have to see twenty years in the future what what's gonna what am I, what's my life gonna look like, uh, just so I can know which direction to go and what decisions to make. Nowadays, I don't think about that. Uh, I I think I just wanted to make sure that I was gonna be okay. Um, but I listened to a podcast the other day um, that uh, it was I think it was John Maxwell. Man, I talk about John Maxwell a lot. Uh, John Maxwell had a podcast and he interviewed uh, some guy that said, and he said, what, uh, if you could go back and change something, uh, about your career, what would you change? And the guy said, nothing, nothing at all. Not, not one thing because everything that I did brought me to where I am today and who knows where I would be. Otherwise I'm in a good spot right now. So I, I kind of, I, I, is that, do you think that's the right mindset? It's like when I hear that, I want to punch people and I'm like, really, you don't have any regrets, but, but then I also understand that if you let life teach you, maybe that's my life mantra, then you can learn, you can be a student of it. Mm, Be a student of life. I think (laughs) because we can't see what we would have, would have been, and we can't Mm -hmm. rewind the clock. It is futile. Do you say futile or futile? (laughs) When you said it, 
futile sound like it got caught in your throat. So definitely futile. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then I think I think it's futile. I think it's not. I think it's wasteful to think about it. Um, which, I mean, a lot of things are wasteful to think about, I guess. But, you know, what's what's the point? What's it going to help? But then what if in 20 years, Wes then would have wanted to know what would have happened if Wes now stopped and said, do I have any regrets, you know? But time doesn't work that way, unfortunately, not for us anyway. Not yet. Not until (laughs) (laughs) time machine's invented. Not yet. Uh huh. I have I have really interesting theories for a, a science fiction novel about uh, the time machine being invented. Well, but, go ahead. Um, but yeah, I think uh, in in twenty years it won't. Ma- I can't change. <laughs> okay. Oh, how do you talk about time in this way? In the future, I can't change what happens now. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like tell your tell your time where to go. Tell your time I, what what to be. I have to. I have the information I have, and that's all I have. So I can. I got to do the best with the information I have. I guess is what. It, that's my mantra. Do the best with the information you have. That's good. Yeah. Uh. So I. I do have a list. Where I, I don't think I wrote it down, but I. I thought about for a while making a list of like the forty jobs that I would like to have done. The forty careers I would have liked to have taken. I would have liked to had taken uh, over my lifetime, and therapist was one of those as well. Do you have a a list of things that you, if you could go back and do it over again, that you would have done? No, but I think you'd be a fantastic therapist. Well, thank you. But I also, I mean, it'd be, it'd be really hard because, because you're such an empath, because you carry mm-hmm. people's feelings. You, that'd be, who that'd be dark on some days. It absolutely would be. Movies are hard for me sometimes. What prompted you to make that list? Should, I mean, should I make one? I mean... That's interesting. Uh, there are things that I've, you know, thought along the years. Are these things that you still want to do? Or is it just like, well, you know, if I had 140 more years, these are the things I would do. They are absolutely things I still want to do. But there are things that I have uh, come to realize that I can never do. Um, I mean, I guess unless I win the lottery. You know um, what I say? But- I say, why not? And I say I have an answer for why not, and (laughs) I will tell you why not. And that is because I realized uh, a few years back when I was looking for jobs uh, that no one would hire. Was I twenty eight at the time? Twenty nine. No, no one would hire a guy with a degree in music performance to do anything and pay me more than you know nine dollars an hour um, to do anything that required a college degree in anything else. Like we. Uh, we were told growing up, you know, you, as long as you have a college degree, you're good. But I, for me, when I, on my job search, I realized, yeah, I would like to be a paralegal. That sounds like a really cool thing to do. And it requires a college degree, but my college degree is in music performance and there. They won't even look at my resume. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, I tried and there's lots and lots of things that I tried to do, uh, that no one even responded to me because I had no experience and because I had no, I didn't have the right degree. So the things that I did get hired for were, guess what? Things I had experience in and things I had the right degree for. And I'm getting better at those. And I still enjoy those. I've always enjoyed music uh, and, and I've been good at it. So I don't see a way, Not I don't even want to get out, but I don't even see a way out um, mm-hmm. to at least be able to support a family. I could go be therapist, but then I would have to uh, leave a job I already enjoy and uh, spend years and spend lots of money getting a different kind of degree and then then try to start out with something entry level because I have no experience doing it like that's why not 
Yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. But you are you are in a different place. I absolutely see why you should make that list. You just had a major career change, and if you had another one in in three or four years, whatever, who cares? And you don't have mouths you have to feed yet. So I think you're in a. I think you would be in a great spot to make that list and, and make some some big life choices. Get me started. What's what's a one or two that I should put on the list? Therapist. <laughs> I thought you were going to say guitar player, so that's disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't recommend that anyone goes into being a professional musician. (laughs) Fair enough. Especially especially not guitar. Therapist. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, you got to go with your strengths and your passions. And uh, you, you have a passion to be a speaker. I think speaker is good. You should be a speaker. Thank you. Some people today told me I should have my own talk show. And I was like, if 12-year-old Hillary could hear you say that. I mean, it's different because I don't have a talk show. (laughs) But, you know, just if someone affirming my childhood dream. Can you define talk show? (laughs) Uh, I think the insinuation was that on camera, and this is not on camera. Do you have an iPhone in front of you? No, it's on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, give me a life-changing idea. Oh, a life-changing. I got to get one ready. Okay. I have a life-changing idea for you that is relevant with what we just talked about. Let's go. Hope is not a strategy. <laughs> it's I'm not, I know you always expect a second half of <laughs> I do. These I think you have half of a life-changing idea. Is this okay. one of those things where I have to appreciate the idea even though it's poorly written? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The the idea. Maybe it's your presentation. Also, <laughs> try it again. Make it feel oh, okay. like the okay. end. Hope is not a strategy. <laughs> <laughs> was that better? No, you know it was worse. <laughs> okay, hope is not a strategy. No, okay. It's still I, uh, here's the deal. The life changing ideas are not meant to be quips. They're not little things that you just say. There are things you have to talk about. You know what I mean? No. So then, the, okay. this is a, this is the title. Maybe this is the title of a life-changing idea. Hope is not a strategy. Okay. Uh, you talked about having a different uh, career. You can't just hope that you have a d- different career. You should, uh, you have to strat- what, you have to plan it out. What's the plan? Where are you going to go? Sure. Just hoping something will happen. It's not a strategy. I mean, I mean, it is a strategy, but it's a, it's a poor one. No, I, I don't even think it is. Hope is not a strategy. You know, you can hope and then not have a strategy, but I don't think hope is a strategy. Mm, okay. it. I think it It could be. I mean, someone could just be like, well, yeah, I mean, I hope that happens. And that is what they're doing. They're hoping. Yes. But that's not a strategy. <laughs> I, think, I think it can be. I understand the idea behind, but I, I absolutely think it can be. I think it's an ineffective one. Hope is an ineffective strategy. <laughs> oh my gosh, my life is changed by that idea. There's a mantra. <laughs> I actually like it way better. I do. I do. 